Hello, podcasters. This is Mr. Black, and today we have a great podcast lined out for you. Uh, today, you're going to hear from a man I got a chance to meet a few weeks back. His name was Kevin Parker, and Kevin Parker is known as the One-Legged Warrior, uh, and you're going to find out why. But today, Kevin's story is also about the chain of causation, the law of causality. You know, choices and consequences are forever tied together. We seem to live in a time where choices and consequences are separated, that people want to make whatever choices they want. And then when there are consequences for those choices, they want to be bailed out. And I always equate it to God the Father. You know, one thing I learned about my walk with God decades ago is God does not remove consequences. Now, God walks with us in those consequences, but as a father, he doesn't remove those consequences. And now being a father of four children, I know why. Because if people don't understand that there are consequences for their choices, then why would they choose differently? And so today, you're going to hear from Kevin Parker, a guy who's become a friend of mine, and you're going to hear about his drug problem. And that drug problem created a chain of events that caused him to lose his leg, to lose close to almost his life, to lose hope, and to really have to make a decision in his life. Now, Kevin has made some great decisions and choices since that moment in time where he drew the line in the sand. But I want you to know that drug overdose, drug addiction, drug abuse is big. And part of this is because of some of the choices we're making in this country. The choice to separate, the choice to, to wear a mask everywhere we go, the choice to stop working out. You know, we had 50 million Americans struggling with depression, 50 million Americans struggling with known mental health disorders before we ever heard of COVID-19. Back in the day when we thought Corona was a nice Mexican beer that you enjoyed on a weekend. But now we realize everything's changed. And what we've done to combat this virus called Corona, and I'm not sure how much of it is good and healthy. We already had people struggling with mental health problems. Between the stimulus and the response, there's a space, Dr. Viktor Frankl said. And in that space is our power. It is our freedom. And something that's happening is we're no longer teaching people how to critically think. We have lazy thinking. We have groupthink. And the problem is our brain, our mind is a muscle. If we don't use it critically, if we don't use it creatively, it starts getting lazy on us. And then we allow other people to think for us. We all self-medicate. We all find ways to deal with our pain. One thing I learned years ago in helping people overcome is that hurting people hurt people. And so a lot of people self-medicate to ease the pain. And we do it lots of different ways. For some people, they do it with prescription medication, which then leads to getting fentanyl and bad drugs uh, over the counter, or I should say under the counter, illegally. We do it with pot or alcohol. We self-medicate with sex or pornography or at the gym. And some do it in a religious experience. But we all self-medicate because one thing I've learned is that human beings have far more in common than, than we are different. We all have pain. Different degrees, 
different depths, different intensities, but we all have pain. And how we process that pain and what we do with that pain dictates so much about us and the way we'll be remembered. You know, for those that don't know, Jimmy Hayes had everything going for him. Jimmy Hayes died. Why does that matter? Jimmy Hayes was a professional athlete. He was drafted in the early, uh, I think it was 2008, uh, NHL uh, draft. I think his top year, he made in 2015, made $2 million. He's got a gorgeous wife who looks Hollywood ready. He's got two perfect kids. He's living the dream, being paid millions of dollars to play a game he loves. He's got everything going for him. And then in August, he winds up dead in his house. And then a couple weeks later, here's the article from August 23rd. Jimmy Hayes died with fentanyl and cocaine in his system. Completely shocked, says Widow. Jimmy Hayes died with fentanyl and cocaine in his system, according to his widow, Kristen, and father Kevin Sr., who spoke with the Boston Globe on Sunday. The medical examiner also confirmed to People magazine that Hayes' cause of death was acute intoxication due to the combined effects of fentanyl and cocaine. His manner of death was determined to be accidental. He accidentally killed himself, but he's in a group of many. U.S. overdose deaths hit record 93,000 in pandemic last year. This was from July 14th. Overdose deaths soared to a record 93,000 last year in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. The estimate far eclipses the high of about 72,000 drug overdose deaths reached the previous year and amounts to a 30% increase. I got articles here. Comparison of characteristics of deaths from drug overdose before versus during the COVID-19 pandemic. In this population-based cohort study of 470 adults who died of drug overdose in Rhode Island from January 1 to August 31st in 2019 and 2020, rates of death from overdose among men, deaths involving synthetic opioids, and deaths occurring in personal residences increased significantly in 2020 compared with 2019. Deaths due to overdose also increased among people experiencing job loss and in subgroups with mental health diagnosis. See, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. Listen to this. This is in this report, a 12-page report. Quote, Although the numbers of COVID-19 cases and deaths have trended downward in the U.S. since a peak in January 2021, provisional data indicates that the number of deaths from drug overdose has continued to increase. And I highlighted some of the things in this report. And this is a mental health problem. See, people self-medicate and they find different ways. This is why what's going on at the southern border is so bad. You get so many people wrapped up in the, these illegal immigrants, and it's bad. We shouldn't have all these people that we don't know who they are uh, coming to this country illegally without being tested for COVID, without uh, having any job description, without being able to provide. They're going to go to the our, our, our government for help, and we can't take care of our own people right now. But listen to this. 
In his report, we also found that the proportion of deaths from overdose increased within specific subgroups of individuals with psychiatric diagnosis. Again, the battles in the mind, i.e. persons aged 50 to 59 years with anxiety. I wonder how many of those are in the world. Men with depression, there's a lot of those, and men with anxiety. How about this? Our study showed significant increases in the rate of deaths from overdose involving synthetic opioids such as fentanyl. This evidence is consistent with national surveillance data. Isn't that incredible? The key findings identified in the present study correspond with four primary environmental changes associated with the COVID-19 pandemic. One, increased isolation. Two, mental health stressors. Three, economic insecurity. All this is being caused by COVID. And four, lethality of drug supply. That crisis at the southern border that is created by Biden is causing, I, I read the study, and it was, I don't remember where it is, but since COVID started, I think it's below the age of 30, young people, below the age of 30, more of those below the age of 30 have died from drug overdose than from COVID. See, ladies and gentlemen, choices have consequences. And today, you're going to hear from a man who made a lot of choices that caused a lot of negative consequences. But at some point, he drew a line in the sand and he said, you know what? I'm going to start acting differently because I want my outcome to change. And that's what each and every one of us has the opportunity to do. So enjoy today's podcast. And remember... When you live your life like it matters, it does. Inspiration. I can do anything. Education. Let's do this. And application. Oh boy, this is going to be good. Welcome to Like It Matters Radio. Keeping us out of the water hazard with some truth therapy and teeing up solutions for today's big issues. Here's your life caddy, Mr. Scott B. Black. So welcome to the world of Mr. Black. Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. No, it's not Yodi. It's not Yoda. It's me. It's Black. I am he, and you are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. And today you are blessed because not only do you get the black man, but you're going to get uh, to hear from an incredible gentleman. You know, for those that listen to the show, you know uh, it's been a busy couple weeks for Mr. Black and... Um, a lot going on. Uh, did an incredible event in uh, San Diego uh, with Meraki, uh, where we can take your fingerprints and give you an incredible print out of your brain and all the unique ways that God made you. And then I went to a, uh, a high-end uh, networking event called Elevate that uh, Craig Shelley put on, a jeweler out of uh, uh, Beverly Hills. And I met some incredible people there. And then I went to Vegas and did Team 228 and in the process found out that I was mentoring a serial killer. So there's been a, a lot going on uh, in the last three weeks. Oops, uh, did I say that out loud? Yeah, I sure did, didn't I? Uh, and, you know, uh, there are some times I feel like a, a heavyweight fighter uh, in a 15-round battle. And it's about the 12th round. And I'm not looking like I'm winning. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's just, uh, it's brutal. And, uh, you know, we all need encouragement. You know, I love words. Uh, I'm an etymologist by trade. And the word encourage means to put courage into people. 
And for those of us that help other people reach their potential, for those of us that are encouragers by nature, for those of us that are builders of people, um, I think other people forget that we, too, need encouragement, that we, too, uh, need a hand up or a hand out sometimes, you know. And for those that know me, know that uh, I'm not a great businessman. Uh, I know my business is to change lives. And I know that I'll stand before God someday and be held to account for what I did with the lives that God put in front of me. And so, you know, uh, I help people whether they have money or not. And uh, if you know anything about objections in the sales process, usually money is uh, most people's number one objective uh, because they want to keep theirs and keep other people from getting theirs. And, uh, you know, that is what it is. Uh, we all will be accountable to God someday. But, uh, you know, I, I help people no matter what. And uh, every once in a while, I just feel just beaten down. You know, uh, we don't have a lot of money coming in, uh, not a lot of people donating. So every once in a while, you know, I can be discouraged. And, you know, God must have known I was discouraged because in the last two days, I've had a few people reach out to me and just tell me. And these are people from my past. Uh, you know, the the class we just did in Las Vegas, Team 228, you know, uh, uh, Ecotent, a great company. They're, they're a big window tinting company. And um, Mike Rhodes, who's the CEO of that company, uh, a guy who believes in people, a man of God. And he has sent uh, eight to 10 people to my training over this last year, you know, at $2,000 a pop added up. Uh, and then he paid for me to come out to Las Vegas and not only train some of his employees, but their employees that have been through their family members and basically paid uh, half the cost for those employees, uh, family members to go through. And it was pretty cool because one of the guys who went through my class, he showed up at graduation. He's an Ecotin employee. His name's Chris Clark. And uh, he was a pain in my button class. Uh, I hit him pretty hard. Uh, and even though we're both supposedly Christians, I was telling him, hey, man, I don't know if you and I are brothers. I don't know, man. And so I was pretty hard on the guy. And, man, the training changed his life. And I got a chance to see him again at graduation. And uh, he had his wife with him. And his wife came up to me with tears in her eyes and said, I've got to meet you. And I'm, I'm like, well, it's nice to meet you. He goes, no, you, you have no idea. You gave me my husband back. And this woman, beautiful woman, she has tears flowing down her face saying that I gave her her husband back. Uh, it just it, uh, humbled me. And then uh, two days ago, three days ago, I got this note. And here's, I'll read you the note. It was on my text. Hey, Scott, it's Dave Pinty. Just wanted to send you a note and let you know I love you, brother. Uh, at your training, I let Jesus into my life and began allowing him to lead me. There are generations of lives that will be changed in this life and will be present in eternity because you answered a call to be his light. The Holy Spirit wanted me to tell you that today. Oh. And I've done a lot of work with Coca-Cola, Kraft, Nabisco, corporate entities. And this guy was with uh, Nabisco Craft, and I've served, uh, probably had about six, seven, eight hundred other people through my training. And he went through a dozen years ago. Uh, and it changed his life. He's now walking with God, saved his marriage. Uh, stunning. And then uh, yesterday, I got a note uh, from Robert Horn. Uh, and it said, good morning, Scott. Hope you're doing well. Karen shared uh, her part of our story in church a few weeks ago. I thought you might like to hear it. You played such a huge part in our healing. We will always be thankful. Here's a senior pastor and a, a pastor's wife who were married for 31 years when I met them. And they were going through a divorce. Uh, because there were some things going on that nobody knew about. 
Uh, and Ben Horn, who a friend of mine who was also a graduate, uh, sent dad to me. He went kicking and screaming, uh, changed his life, and then he sent mom. And then through that process, God used that to uh, to heal and uh, to keep a divorce that was happening. She had already filed for divorce. They were separated, uh, kept them together, uh, and in the process. And it wasn't just solely because of my training, but that was the impetus that saved it, that stopped the wreckage, uh, and then it turned it around. And uh, it was stunning. And so he had sent me this yesterday and then sent me over a, a piece of the sermon that she had done, basically a 30-minute talk about the situation. And he asked me if I'd listen to it. So this morning, I listened to it, and it brought tears to my eyes. Uh, and again, just very blessed to be able to do what I do. And, and she talked about Buffalo. And she had shared something that I did not know. And why does this matter? This matters because um, I've been through a lot of training. And I went to this one Native American-themed training a few years back. And I was given the name Passion Heart Buffalo. My animal symbol was the buffalo. Uh, and I just figured it's sturdy, it's strong, doesn't back down, it's a powerful creature, and the passion heart is anybody knows me. But I read this this morning when I looked up, because she had said something about Buffalo, and I wanted to look it up because I did not know this. And this is from the Tennessean from 2015, written by Rory Vaden. He says, quote, there's a great lesson about success and leadership from studying the way that buffalo and cows respond to storms. In Colorado, where I grew up, we are world famous for the Rocky Mountains. What a lot of people don't realize, however, is that the state is divided almost exactly in half. And to the eastern part of the state are the great Kansas Plains. Because of that unique topographical, uh, topographical landscape, we are one of the few places in the world where there are both buffalo and cows in such close proximity. When storms come, they almost always brew from the west and roll out toward the east. What cows do is very natural. Cows sense the storm coming from the west, and so they start trying to run toward the east. The only problem is that uh, if you know anything about cows, they're not fast. So the storm catches up with the cows rather quickly. And without knowing any better, the cows continue to try to outrun the storm. But instead of outrunning the storm, they actually run right along with the storm, maximizing the amount of pain and time and frustration they experience. That's pretty stupid. And he says humans do the same thing all the time. And he said the key insight that ultra performers have made that not yet necessarily everyone else has is this. Ultra performers realize that problems are procrastinated, on, are only amplified. And so what buffaloes do, on the other hand, is very unique for the animal kingdom. Buffalo wait for the storm to cross right over the crest of the peak of the mountaintop. And as the storm rolls over the ridge, the buffalo turn and charge directly into the storm. Instead of running east away from the storm, they run west directly into the storm. By running at the storm, they run straight through it, minimizing the amount of pain and time and frustration they experience from the storm. So powerful if you think about it. And today you are blessed because today you are going to hear from a gentleman who is a winner. Uh, he is, considers himself the, the one-legged one, one coach, I guess he calls him the one-legged warrior. His name's Kevin Parker, the one-legged warrior, and he wrote a book called Winning Against All Odds. He's got an incredible story about how to overcome and how when your back's against the wall to run into the storm. So after the break, they'll be joining us on Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters. Ah! 
take a listen to this comparison of other training to Leadership Awakening. For probably two-thirds of my 30-year law enforcement career, I spent time in supervision and management, so I've been to a lot of leadership training. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. I went to a leadership course in California where I worked, and it's an eight-month program. I went through that program. I went back later on as a facilitator, so I, I taught leadership. What we did in class was completely different than any other leadership program that I've been through. I mean, in 48 hours of leadership training in your program, it was just, it was dynamic. It was intense. It was powerful. You know, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. Leadership Awakening. Change your heart. Change your mind. Change your life. Go to likeitmatters.net slash schedule for the next Leadership Awakening. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And today, not only are you under construction with the black man, but you'll have a special guest joining me as well. Before the break, I was talking about Buffalo. Let me share a quick little uh, snippet from Courageous Christian Father. It says, facing the storm, Buffalo run to the storm, not away from it. An article in the Tennessee in 2015 talks about buffalo running into the storm. It also talks about humans and cows, how they run away from the storm. We humans work to avoid the inevitable challenges in our life. In that article, uh, Rory Vanden Buffalo stated, Buffalo wait for the storm to cross right over the crest of the peak of the mountaintop. And as the storm rolls over the ridge, the buffalo turn and charge directly into the storm. You see, the buffalo tackles the storm head on. They run into it, just like firefighters, just like policemen run into danger when everybody else is running away from it. Running through the storm minimizes the amount of pain and time of the storm. Unlike when we run from the storm, we maximize it. That is because we are traveling the same direction of the storm. However, the storm moves much faster than we are able. We know that a storm is symbolic of the chaos going on in our lives. They can hit us just like a weathered storm can. Storms come and go in our lives. Some we cause, some we don't. We cannot control when storms arise in our lives. We can control how we respond to any storm. Are we going to have a fight in us or are we going to have a flight in us? Run into it or run away from it. When we run away, always remember the storm is still chasing you. That also causes us to stay in the storm longer than planned to. When we run into the storm, we might hit the storm head on and experience some things from the storm. If we keep on going through it, the storm will be over quicker. We won't be in the storm for long, and soon we'll be on the other side of that storm. And I thought that was just a proper intro for the gentleman that's going to join us. When I was at Elevate, uh, this high-level networking in San Diego a couple weeks ago, I met some really fascinating people. And one of these people is a gentleman who's getting ready to join us. His name is Kevin Parker, and he refers to himself as the one-legged warrior, uh, winning against all odds, speaker, coach, and best-selling author. So with that, let's welcome Kevin Parker to Like It Matters Radio. How you doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic. It's an absolute pleasure to be on your show today. 
Well, Kevin, I'm glad you're on. I really connected with you when we went to Elevate. And uh, you know what I thought we'd do? Because I'd like to have you on for a couple segments. Uh, I like. I thought your story, the way you tell it, uh, it's so powerful. Uh, and so we got about you know six, seven minutes before break. You'll hear music about 30 seconds before the break. So if you're still talking when music comes on, wrap it up. But why don't you tell people the story that you opened up with and you shared with us at Elevate? Okay. So uh, I dealt with many traumas in my life, and I had this void in my heart that I couldn't fill with enough uh, stimulants, drugs, whatever it might be. Uh, At 18 years old, I got hit by a bus. I injured my neck and my back, and I got severely addicted to painkillers. Before I knew it, I was homeless. I lost everything in my life, and my family tried to step in, tried to do an intervention. At 25 years old, I told them I didn't it. I stormed out the house. And that night I overdosed. They found me face first in my vomit, blue, completely unresponsive. And I spent the next three weeks of my life fighting for my life in the ICU. At that time, I died three times. It got so bad that a priest come in and read me my last rites. The first thing I seen when I woke up was my mother's face and what I did to her. She looked like she aged 10 years since the last time that I seen her. It was the most guilt and shame I ever felt in my entire life. I talked to the doctors. The doctors told me that it didn't look good, that I had multi-organ failure. I had 108 fever. My brain was frying. They had me under ice blankets. If I survived, I was going to be a complete vegetable. I was going to lose all four of my limbs and never be the son my mother once knew. And to me, this was worse than death. I started praying to a God I didn't even know. Please, God, get me out of this. I learned my lesson. Give me a second chance. If you get me through this, I promise I'm going to make a difference. I promise I'll change. Just give me one more shot. For weeks on end, I had no response. So one day, the doctor came in and said, Kevin, I have some good news, and I have some bad news. The good news is, I think you're going to make it. I think you're out of the woods. The bad news is, is we're going to have to take your leg, or you're going to die. Wow. Yeah. When I heard this, every emotion you could possibly think of ran through my body. Guilt, shame, regret, every question you could possibly think of. What was I going to do for the rest of my life? How was I going to make a living? What girl is going to want to marry a man with one leg when there are literally billions walking around with two? Now, although I felt all these different emotions, the one thing I had to hold on to was the emotion of gratitude. Being grateful that I was still alive, that God heard my prayer, that he gave me a second chance. I battled in that hospital for four months, not knowing if I was gonna live or die, whether I was gonna make it. I had to learn how to breathe again. They had me on their breathing machine, they lowered the oxygen just low enough so I'd have to suffer for each and every single breath, but just high enough so I wouldn't die. It was like being waterboarded for weeks on end. I had to learn how to talk again, drink again, eat again, walk again. I mean, I was 120 pounds soaking wet. I'm 220 now. I was skin and bones. I couldn't move my hands. I couldn't even tell my mother I was sorry. And although all this physical obstacles were so devastating and so traumatic, I would have to say the emotional and mental aspect when I got home 
was mm. 10 times worse. Because when I pulled up to my house in my wheelchair and I realized I had to get up two flights of stairs just to get to my room, it might as well have been a mountain. It took me every ounce of strength that I could muster to get up those stairs. It took me an hour and a half. When I got to my bed, I collapsed in pure exhaustion. And that's when I realized that I was all alone. I was there with my emotions. Didn't have a girlfriend, didn't have any friends left. And I was so mad, so angry, so depressed. I wanted to kill myself. But then I reminded myself of the begging and pleading I did for a second chance with God. Now, although this wasn't my second chance I would have chosen, yeah. nonetheless, it was still a second chance. And I had to hold my end of the bargain. So I really started yeah. to figure out how I was going to make something out of my life at this point, what I was going to do to really make a difference, to hold my end of the bargain. And the first thing I had to do was learn how to walk. And uh, I went to the prosthesis office and he told me, Kevin, it doesn't look good. You're in bad shape. You have neuropathy. It's probably going to take you two years to learn how to walk. I looked him straight in the eye and I said, Doc, no, no, with all due respect, don't tell me what I'm going to do. I'll show you. And I reeled out of there. <laughs> yeah. I came back two weeks later with a cane. The doctors were blown away. And then two weeks later after that, I came, came in completely unassisted. They could not believe it. I couldn't believe it from their reaction. Yeah. Yeah. And then a month after that, I gathered all my friends and family together and a recorder, and I had them run back, had them record me running down the block. Picture this. Wow. The doctor tells you <laughs> it's going to take two years to learn how to work. I was running in two months. Wow. So what I learned from this experience is don't ever let anyone ever tell you what you can or cannot do. Your only limitations is your mindset and your faith. You could do absolutely anything if you're in the right mindset with the right faith. Amen. And that was really, and so, that's so the six minute How long ago was this, Kevin? So how long ago was this that, was, Kevin, when you actually ran down? How many years from today? <clears throat> that was 10 years. 11-22-11 was the day that I went into the hospital. And I would say about mm. May of 2012 is when I started running again. Wow. 11-22-11, right? Is that what it was, 11-22-11? Yes. I remember that because, Kevin, you're up there. Yeah, you're up there on the stage, and you started with 11-22-11. That number or that date, I'll never forget. And that was so, so powerful. And for those that don't know, I mean, I didn't even know because Kevin, you know, had long pants on and Kevin's walking around uh, looking normal. So when he's sharing all this, uh, I didn't know who Kevin was. And so I'm seeing him. I'm like, what? So did, it, what, did it, I'm thinking there's, okay, it didn't really happen. And you never really got your leg removed and all that because you really move around well. You move around well. I mean, you overcome a lot of things, Kevin. And, uh, uh, man, you know, and I'm excited. That's why I want to have you on the show, and we're going to talk at the, in, in a minute. We're going to go to a break. Uh, we'll talk. But, you know, that I truly believe, you know, Romans 8.28 says, God causes all things to work for the good uh, for those who love God or are called according to his purpose. And people always stop and say, well, God caused Kevin to do that. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's You're putting the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. That's not what it says. It says God causes all things to work for the good. You can't pause 
cause after God causes all things. God causes all things to work for the good. And you made a deal with God, and you said, God, I know I screwed up. Man, if you will get me out of this, uh, I will use this for your glory and for other people's good. That's basically the deal you made with God, correct? Amen, brother. Like I say, God turns your mess into your message. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And I truly believe I'm called to help people uh, that are tired of feeling broken, that are tired of feeling lost and hopeless and help them break free from the chains of addiction, traumas, anything that they're dealing with to show them that it's possible to overcome absolutely anything in your life. And I'm a walking testament. Yeah, self-inflicted yeah. self or not. I mean, people say, well, he did that. Well, it doesn't matter. When you're going through the mess, self-inflicted or not self-inflicted, it's a mess. And so for people to go there and all that, it doesn't matter. And so uh, after the break, we're getting ready to go to break, Kevin. So stay with us. Uh, I want to talk about this addiction because this is a big deal. Fentanyl and prescription drugs is a big deal. Uh, and it's a big growing audience that you have. So uh, I am black. And today we're talking to the one-legged warrior, Mr. Kevin Parker. We'll be right back. Diane ain't much of a living boy. Give me 48 hours and I will give you a new beginning. Give me 48 hours and I will give you hope. Give me 48 hours and I will give you your power back. Because between the stimulus and the response, there is a space. And in that space is your freedom. It is your power. At Like It Matters Leadership Awakening, 48 hours will change the course of your life. Discover the very purpose of your life along with the ability to achieve. Give Mr. Black 48 hours in the next Leadership Awakening. Sign up at likeitmatters.net slash schedule. Things look bad, and it looks like you're not going to make it, and you got to get mean. I mean plum mad dog mean. Because if you lose your head and you give up, then you neither live nor win. That's just the way it is. That's just the way it is. I am black, and you are back at being under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. And today, you have a bevy of blessings. That's what I said, a bevy of blessings. Because not only do you get Mr. Black, you get an incredible one-legged warrior. I don't like to describe him that way because, man, he's way more than just a one-legged warrior. He's a good man. Uh, he's a committed man. Uh, he's a man who knows what pain is. Uh, and he can walk with you in your pain to help you get out of your pain and into some freedom. So let's welcome back to Like It Matters Radio, Mr. Kevin Parker. Thanks again, Kevin, for joining us. Well, thank you so much for that uh, wonderful introduction. I appreciate all those kind words. Thank you very much. Well, and I mean that. You know, I you know I, we met. Uh, I don't know. We what we meet a hundred people at that elevate, and uh, uh, there are certain people I connected with. You know, I've had a few of them on the radio show, and Kevin, you're one of them. You're a good man, and uh, you want to help people. And uh, and the cool thing is, you got street cred. You know, I call it street cred. Uh, you got pain. Uh, you have trauma, uh, and uh, the difference is, you uh, are taking your trauma. And you're using it to help other people. And, you know, there's something called rapport when you're selling. You know, my background's neuro-linguistic programming. And you never want to sell anything, whether it's your, your belief in God, whether your hand in marriage, uh, whether your business, whatever it is, uh, until you've established rapport. And rapport is the ability to meet someone in their map of reality. And so you have the chance to meet someone who's going through some tough stuff, meet them in their reality, and then show them that they don't have to live in that reality. They can change 
change. And uh, you have a, a situation, you had a situation, addiction to drugs. Uh, again, you came upon it honestly. Uh, you had a, you were in an accident. Uh, you needed some pain relief. And this is how most people happen. They start taking pain pills because they were in an accident or something happened. And then they wind up getting addicted to the pain medication. And now with the open border and, and the southern border, fentanyl, I mean, I don't know if people realize this. I think, I think it's people under 30. I think it's the sad. More people have died from fentanyl overdose uh, in the last two years than from COVID under 30. But no one's talking about it. We're talking about COVID, but we're not talking about fentanyl that's coming over the borders and people are ODing on it. And so you, do you deal a lot with the drug uh, addictions? Do you, uh, is that you see primarily? What kind of people come to you? Well, addiction is not bias. It happens mm-hmm. to all races, all ages, Amen. all professions. It, it's just one of those things that color, race, social, economic, none of those things matter. Humans are yeah. humans, and we have the same exact struggles, whether we're rich, poor, black, brown, yellow, green, or orange. Um, yeah. But I do see predominantly a lot of people struggling with fentanyl addiction because yeah. it's so much cheaper for the drug dealer, and it's so much more addictive and powerful than anything else out there. And they're cutting yeah. Xanax, they're cutting uh, ecstasy, they're cutting heroin, cocaine, they're cutting everything with it because it's a thousand times stronger than heroin, and it's so wow. cheap. And it's wow. just destroying people. And the, the worst thing is that people that, the drug dealers that have the fentanyl, when somebody dies from an overdose, all the addicts are like, wow, that's the good stuff. And they get even more business from overdoses, wow. which is a shame. Wow, that's stunning. I never thought about that. And it is stunning. And, and it's something that's happened big, you know, when, when they shut things down in March of 19, uh, you know, it, it caused a lot of people go into depression. I think the stats before uh, COVID of March of 19 was that l- roughly 42 million people were on antidepressants, uh, were struggling with some mental health that we knew of. Now the figure's over 100 million, a third of the country is struggling. Uh, and it's now easy to get pharmaceuticals over the counter pretty easy on, on internet sites. Uh, it's easy with southern border and being basically open. You know, Biden's opened the southern border up. So it's not just uh, immigrants that are coming here. There's a lot of drugs coming here and a lot of uh, uh, sex trafficking. We had Orly on the radio a couple weeks ago talking about the sex trafficking and organ harvesting. You know, people think this is an immigrant issue on the southern border. That's a small part of it. Ah. There's so, uh, so much more going on. And so, but the cool thing is that you have street cred in this and you can look so in the eye uh, and, and know it. Uh, when, you, when you talk to God and said, God, if you'll just get me out of this. Uh, I'll, I'll turn my love, life over to you. I'll, I want to be used by you. What, what, was that just a, like throwing out a lifesaver, or did you mean it at that moment? What do you think, or, or is it something that you came to mean later on? What do you think? So I was a complete agnostic uh, before this overdose and everything happened to me. Um, I had a lot of trauma. I had a lot of bullying and things that I dealt with as a kid. Uh, and I didn't believe in God. I thought he was, if he was, he was a cruel guy with a magnifying glass on the anthill because I thought this great, yeah, I thought this great cloud followed me around everywhere. I was like, why me? That was my answer. Why me? Why God? You know, so obviously I thought that he didn't exist or he was cruel. And uh, when I went into the coma and I write this in my book, I had a profound experience where my whole life kind of flashed before my eyes and I was floating in the middle of the ocean and I kind of just submitted I just gave up. Wow. I was just like, God, wherever you're going to take me, that's where you are. And uh, 
and he took care of me and he, and he brought me to the shore and I had this whole profound experience and I felt the presence of God for the first time in that coma. And I knew undoubtedly that God existed. Wow. Now, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know he was God, yeah. the God of the Bible. And even when yeah. I was praying in the hospital, I didn't know of Jesus. I didn't know of yep. the God of the Bible, which I believe in now. Uh, but I knew God existed, and I was yearning to get that connection with him. And I was praying to somebody I just realized existed that created and controlled the whole entire universe. I knew he was the most powerful thing in this whole existence. And I finally felt him. And I wanted wow. to get to know him, and I wanted to, to develop that relationship with him, whatever that might be. So it was, a, it was a pleading, it was a crying out of desperation, and knowing that he is the only person that was going to be able to save me from this situation. And I did wow. learn my lesson, and I was sorry, and I wanted to make a difference. And that was my, that's what I truly felt inside before this, but I was so stuck into drugs and addiction, I didn't know what to do. I was a slave yeah. to my addiction. You don't know freedom until you're a slave to your addiction. Until you wake up every single day and your addiction consumes you. It's like a parasite. It completely takes over all of your actions, all of your trials, your, your goals, everything in life, your relationships. And I was stuck. And when I died in that coma three times, he freed me. He truly wow. freed me. And he well, showed know, me his existence. And it was just amazing. Oh, wow. I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry about that. And, you know, they yeah, say it. that uh, an addict won't get help until they hit rock bottom. And I've studied this whole rock bottom. And I believe two things. Number one, uh, you don't know you hit rock bottom until you're coming out of it. I believe rock bottom is something you see in your rearview mirror, that you don't really know you're coming out of it or you hit it until you're coming out of it. And number two, I've had people ask me to define rock bottom. And to me, rock bottom uh, is when the pain is so great that people are ready to do something different. What, what's the saying I heard in our event? The, the pain of staying the same was far greater than the pain of change. When that equation uh, happens, now you're ready to change. And God had to basically take you to death basically take away your life on that last minute for you to get. You're, you're a tough dude, Kevin, huh? Tough dude. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I always go back to what I learned with Tony Robbins. Uh, everybody makes decisions of the avoidance of pain and the attainment of pleasure. Uh, and when that yeah. teeter skip, that, that scale tips, when it's more pain of using and then the pleasure of actually using, then there's more pleasure to stop it. And the pleasure of actually using when the both of those sides teeter to the other side, that's when they make the change. So for me, the definition of rock bottom is when you make that definitive decision, because it can always get worse. It can always get lower. It can always get bad. But that was the lowest point where you decided, wow, that the scales have just tipped and I have to change things or else I can't do this anymore. So there's always lower to hit rock bottom, but it's, it's, it's definitive of what your rock bottom is when you've made that ultimate decision. Yep, and neuroassociative conditioning, Tony calls it, and it really is. And you get beyond all the fluff and all the different stuff, it comes down to two driving forces, the, the avoidance of pain and the desire for pleasure. You're either moving towards something good or you're moving away from something bad. Uh, and I don't know if either one of the uh, motivators is better. I know people who are motivated by moving away from things. I know many who are motivated by moving toward things. But both are great motivators. Now, you said you wrote about this whole thing in the book. Uh, man, great book. I skin, skin not read it. How, how can people get a hold of the book? Can you share that information? Well, the book is called Winning Against All Odds. Uh, 
Amazon, Discovering the True Warrior Within by Kevin Parker. It's on Amazon. It is on a paperback. There is a Kindle version, and there's an Audible for those who don't like to read and like to listen to their books. And hopefully one day there'll be a movie, which is the next step, because let's face it, not as much people read books as they watch movies, but this book has to get out to absolutely everything. I'm trying to get this book into the hands of every ninth grader across the country because they have to read this book. It'll inspire them and motivate them to make the right decisions when they deal with peer pressure and bullying and the pressures of being a young kid and steering clear of addiction. Yeah, because once you cross that line, once you've uh, started using drugs, it creates a system, a process that some people never get out of, uh, and they wind up getting out of it on a stretcher, uh, and most times it's in a morgue, not in a hospital. Uh, and so I want you to stay with me, getting ready to go to a hard break, but I want to talk about in the business world what you do. I know you have a passion for kids and getting this in every ninth, 10th grader before they start doing drugs. But you also work in the business community. You also work with people. And so I want to give you a chance to kind of tell what type of people you work with, what are some of the kind of things you do. I'd really like to help you do what you do because I think you're a good man, Kevin. And, uh, you know, God's called you. I saw that. You have a heart, a good heart, Kevin, when I I connected with you on that heart. Uh, You have a love for God because God loves you. And, you know, we all love God because God first loved us. But you have a special, unique relationship with him because you made a deal with him. You know, I read the Bible, and there are people like Abraham made a deal with God. Uh, you got people like Joseph made a deal with God. You know, it's the, the big wigs in the Bible made deals with God. And uh, you were one of those people who made a deal with God. So on Like It Matters Radio Day, we're talking to Kevin Parker, the one-legged warrior, uh, author, speaker, a great human being. So stay with us. After the break, we'll be back with more Like It Matters Radio. Amen. This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. Many more people need to receive the benefits of Leadership Awakening. Mental health in our communities is a real issue. We recently received our 501c3 nonprofit status with the emphasis of creating and delivering, taking back your power and your freedom to the least among us struggling with mental health issues. Please help us help others. You can save a marriage, save a business, or a life by supporting Like It Matters with your tax-deductible gifts. All gifts are needed, large, small, and everything in between. Please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. I'm by winning. I win here and I win there. Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. And today, we're being inspired by the true story of Kevin Parker. And uh, Kevin, man, just when I hear your story, it just moves me so much. Uh, So you you do training now. You do events. So how do people get a hold of you if they want to uh, be a part of what you're doing? Well, there's two ways that most people get in, in a hold of me through my website, which is truewarriorsuccess.com. Uh, you can schedule a Zoom call, a call through the website, or you can email me at kevin at truewarriorsuccess.com. Awesome. And what do you do at True Warrior Success? 
So generally, I mean, I feel like it's a God-given uh, calling, but I attract clients that are tired of feeling broken, broken from okay. addiction, mental health issues, traumas, disabilities, all these type of things. We do one-on-one coaching. Uh, we do mm-hmm. group coaching. I work with families of people that are dealing with struggles like this. And I also work in a unit. I put together programs where I work with the client, I work with the family, and I really help them uh, have a conducive environment for sobriety or whatever the case might be. And I also just put out a, put out a fantastic self-study program called the Recovery Warrior Program. Uh, and you can find that on the recoverywarriorprogram.com. It's a 12-video module um, course where you can go through all the different areas of your life and really master it and create a life that you truly love to live. Oh, sounds very cool. Very cool. Hey, tell me, what are some? Uh, you've been doing this now for a decade, roughly, correct? Yes. Okay. So what, what, give me some, uh, and you don't have to mention names if you don't want to, but what's one of your biggest, uh, happiest moments, your biggest success stories? Uh, if you just something off the top of your head, what do you, what, what's one of your greatest moments you think? So, I mean, one of my, my favorite speaking moment was probably the first time I ever spoke, which was what made me decide that I wanted to do this. And I was shaking and I was stuttering and my glasses were fogging up, <laughs> crumpled up piece of paper in my hand. And I thought I was never going to get to the speech, but I was speaking to people at a scared straight program. And by the time I finished my speech, there was a standing ovation and hundreds of people got in line to talk to me, to shake my hand, and that's what uh, really changed my life. But I think the most impactful uh, moment that I've ever had was when I did a sober companion job, is where I live with a client for a month, and I help them. It's an intensive coaching program where I, where I go through all the areas of their life in real life time, and I help them transform their lives in a, in a way that they haven't experienced before. And I had this one client that his marriage was completely falling apart his relationship with his kids were completely falling apart he wasn't healthy he was doing drugs of all types of sorts his business was falling apart and i just came in there and i took the reins and you know i prayed with him and we got him to start working out and eating healthy and we worked on the relationship with his wife and his kids started trusting him again that we worked on systems to get his business working we hired the right people to get that functioning and within 30 days his life transformed like it was unrecognizable. I mean, I couldn't believe that the change that happened with this client, it was absolutely breathtaking. And that's what I live for is that moment because I went through so much. If I could change one life, help one family from going through what I went through or what I put my entire family through, then everything I went through was all worth it. Yeah, and it's so cool. And I always say, you know, when things like that happen, that that, that silver moment, that uh, you know, it's way beyond your pay grade. That shows you the Holy Spirit's working through you, uh, because Amen. the Holy Spirit's really the only one that can change people's lives. Now, I gotta be fair. So, what's one of your biggest disappointments? Again, you don't have to mention names. What's your, one of the biggest disappointing moments <laughs> in your work? Uh, well, the, the biggest disappointment I've had is um, when. One of my clients, I mean, this happened a few times over the years, but where we set up somebody for success, where they get off of drugs, um, and whether it be because of enabling through the family or just their own doing of giving up, they relapse and they don't work a program. 
and I've seen it a few times. I mean, it's absolutely devastating. There's a lot of heartbreak when you're dealing with addiction. Uh, but I, I'm truly blessed to say that I have a really high efficacy rate of that not happening. But, you know, I've, I've, I've poured myself into people and I've tried to do everything I can. But there's just certain situations where you can walk a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And, you know, you could pray for them all you want, but ultimately it's up to them and, uh, and the Lord. And um, and some of them are just yep. not ready at times, you know, and whether they run out of resources or, or willpower or yep. support from their family or whatever it might be. Unfortunately, sometimes we lose a few of them. Yeah, and the desire has to be great. That's why that rock bottom piece is so important. You know, in NLP, we say, you know, NLP only works in the presence of desire. You got to want it so bad that you want to do whatever it takes. And and sometimes that is because you're moving away from the threat of losing your life, the threat of losing your love, the threat of losing your ability to make money. Sometimes, uh, you know, pain's a great motivator. And that's why we self-medicate. That's why we do drugs. That's why we do all the promiscuity, because we want to numb the pain. But God gave us pain for a reason. Pain's a great motivator. You know, the old story, a guy goes to the doctor and he says, doctor, it hurts whenever I do this. And the doctor says, and stop doing that. Right. I mean, you know, you, you move away from pain. So, Kevin, I just tell you, you're an inspiration, man. I just wish you the best. And I know God's got you and I walking together again. Uh, my people, uh, people listening want to get a hold of you. What's the best way to get a hold of you? Why don't you share that one more time with them? Yeah, I just want to say one thing. Uh, God doesn't waste pain. That's one of the most brilliant things that I've heard before. Uh, It really, really resonates with me. So I hope it resonates with your uh, audience. Uh, You can reach me at Kevin at TrueWarriorSuccess.com. That's my email address. Or you can find me on my uh, website, TrueWarriorSuccess.com. You can find me on Facebook, Kevin Parker. And on Instagram, I am one-legged, one word, underscore warrior. (laughs) And uh, I'll reach out. I'll... I'll answer to any of those uh, messages. I'd love to hear. Yeah. And what's the book called again and how they get the book? It's called Winning Against All Odds. It's on Amazon, and it's on audio, paperback, and Kindle. Awesome. Well, Kevin uh, Parker, I appreciate you, my brother, and I'm looking forward to what God has us doing together because uh, I want to keep walking with you. Okay, my friend? Amen. Thank you very much, brother. It was a pleasure. Have a great day. All right. Have a great day. Thanks, Kevin. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we can't control what happens to us, but we can control what happens in us. And see, that's the key. You know, sometimes life deals us a a terrible deck of cards. Uh, And, you know, life's not fair. You know, I read the good book and life's not fair uh, and uh, life is hard. I mean, you read that good book and it'll teach you those two things, that life's not fair. I wasn't born 6'2 in a kiddity, uh, and life is hard. Matter of fact, God says that there's two paths out there. One's wide and says there's a lot of people on it. It's pretty, it's pretty busy. Uh, a lot of people having fun, but he says it's leading to, to death. But he says there's another path, and it's narrow. And he says very few are on it, but he also says very few will find it. And he says it's hard. And he says, find that one. Because that one will bring into life everlasting. And too many people are looking for the easy path, the easy road. Uh, And easy is not where it's at. I always tell people, if you're looking for easy, go to Staples. 
uh, to button. It was made in China with lead paint. It cost you about ten bucks now with uh, uh, Biden's, uh, you know, inflation. You know, it used to be eight bucks, but since Biden's in office, it's now up to ten bucks plus tax, right? And so, if you're looking for easy, go to a bar at one o'clock in the morning. See, yeah, easy might be fun for a short period of time, but easy's not eternal. Uh, and the things that are great in life take effort. And, you know, we can't control, the, we can't change the past. And we've all made some choices that we'd rather not make. If I could go back in time uh, and change some things, I would. Uh, but I don't own a DeLorean. I'm not Michael J. Fox, and I don't have an old scientist called Emmett. So I can't go back in time, and neither can you. But each of us can draw a line in the sand and make that great up until now. Up until now, I've struggled with drugs or alcohol, and now I'm ready to turn my life over so it can be used for good. Up until now, I've made some poor choices, but now, day by day, I'm making better choices. That's what we do at Like It Matters. So if you want to change your life in 48 hours, go to likeitmatters.net. we got a class at the end of uh, October in Dallas, and then we're going to be in Arkansas middle of November, and then one last time for the year in December here in Dallas. Uh, and go to likeitmattersradio.com. That's where you can listen to this show and many other archive show. It's in podcast form right after the radio show's done. And wherever you listen to podcasts, go to just just search Live in Life Like It Matters. We do a bi-weekly podcast. And if you're into the Word of God, you want to get closer to God, go to wayofwarrior.blog. Wayofwarrior.blog. If you go down the bottom right, they'll see, have a button there that says follow. If you click that button, you can type in your email address and then every single day uh, when I post a, a brand new one, it'll send it right to you. So you're under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I'm Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you when you live your life like it matters. It does. Winning. You have been listening to Mr. Black, master trainer for Like It Matters. Please find us on Facebook by searching LIM Radio. Make sure to follow us, like our posts, and share with others. Also, search YouTube for Like It Matters. Be sure to like and subscribe to our channel. And for more information on how we can help you live life like it matters, go to likeitmatters.net where you can find more information on our transformational training, our life coaching, counseling, our radio show, and other ways we help you continue the journey of living life like it matters.